0: So for today's episode, I decided to pull from um, a live where I talked about how how I exited my unhealthy relationship. So I know I have lots of episodes that talk about, you know, really connecting to your self-worth and, you know, knowing that you're worth it and da-da-da-da-da-da, but I wanted to share what that looked like for me. So what were the exact things that helped me start to reconnect to my self-worth over the things that I started doing, the things that I stopped doing? And one of the things that you're going to notice, um, and if you've already watched this live, you, you you saw it or you heard it yourself, is that these things seem so small, but they truly, truly connected to improving my self-esteem and my sense of self-worth. And I'm going to talk more about that in today's episode. I'm going to talk about how a lot of these little things were connected to trauma um, I talk a lot about love deprivation in this episode and what it looks like to put yourself last. And I talk a lot more about what that looks like, like examples of how that's connected to our trauma near the end of this week's episode. But uh, this episode is really transparent. I share, uh, again, some um, some pretty candid things about what I did and what I didn't do. And so as always, I hope that this reaches those who need it. I feel like I've had maybe three or four conversations in the last 24 to 36 hours with different people who are in these cycles of exiting unhealthy relationships. And then I did a, a story on to talk in Instagram where I talked a little bit about Excusing bad behavior. And from the comments that you'll share there, I could tell that there are a lot of you who connect to, who can connect to that as well. So again, I'm hoping that having this practical example of what this looks like for me can help you imagine or pull from to find out what it would look like for you. Cause I know that the things that I did may not necessarily connect to your story and connect to your needs in ways that you may not be. Um, either showing up for it or may not be aware that this is happening for you but hopefully it'll trigger some awareness around the areas that you do or that you can attend to to help you exit a relationship or exit a situation that may not be serving you if that is your story Uh, and if this is not for you but if this is an episode for someone that you know needs it please share it with them and I hope that this brings you what you need. This episode is being sponsored by our Love Deprivation Rehab Course and our Dating One-on-One Course, which are currently fifty percent off through this Wednesday. Because the concepts that I talk about in those programs are what helped me break free, and help me stay free, and help me really improve my self-esteem and self-concepts, and help me do relationships and do the way that I treated myself very different post exiting this partnership so I hope that what you learned here today is helpful and for those of you who may want to enroll in those courses I will be talking about how to connect with those and giving you the discount code and all that um, near the end of this episode so without further ado let's go ahead and jump on in thanks for listening to this week's podcast before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Hello, hello, and welcome. I am talking today about how I left my unhealthy relationship. So, I posted a longer TikTok and then put it on other social media about excusing bad behavior. Um, and I told a story about how I was in a relationship where I was fully committed to this person and I excused a lot of the bad behavior in ways that I was mistreated. And I talked about how I was at a place where I had kind of gotten used to it and I would make excuses for it and I would defend what would happen because I felt like when people saw me being um, embarrassed or humiliated or my partner making fun of me or my partner treating me in a way that I didn't feel like I deserved to be treated, it felt it felt, exposing and vulnerable for me. Like I felt dumb. I felt guilty. I felt silly that other people were seeing these moments. And then at the same time, I also felt defensive. I felt because I was committed to this partner and committed to what I thought it could be and what I hoped it would be. I was so I had, and you know, in hindsight, of course, you know that it's a fantasy. It was a fan. I built this fantasy of who this person was, about what what the potential was. I saw these other sweet moments that they had, and so it would make it made it easy for me to make excuses when they were being not so nice to me, or taking me for granted, or, or treating me as if I was just a placeholder versus someone that they actually truly cared about and wanted to take care of, and cover, and protect, and make make life easier for me. And so I would get defensive of this person and what they did or what they didn't do because I felt like I don't need anyone to, to think less of my partner. Like I, I love them. And um, my partner loves me. They're just imperfect, you know, human. Like they're catching us at an off moment, but this isn't how it always is. There is a lot of love here. Until I got to the place where I had to be honest with myself about what was happening and what was not happening and how I felt and what I needed and how it was really affecting me that I wasn't getting those things. So I'm gonna talk about in today's video how I ended up leaving that relationship. What literally, I'm gonna give you the literal things that I did that helped me get out of that relationship and it's not going to sound like anything that I've shared with y'all before But it's also going to sound like everything that I've shared with y'all before. And hopefully you're going to be able to see those connections or I'm going to be able to make those connections for you. Okay. so uh, this is probably going to be tomorrow's podcast episode. So I might not be pausing as much in between my my statements. But please feel free to drop comments and questions as I'm teaching that may come up for you um, and I will attend to them as I go. But I won't be doing like that. Drop a heart or drop a number if you're ready for the next one as I teach today. <clears throat> okay, so here's the first thing that I did. And this is going to be the first thing that you're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> how is that going to help me? But I'm going to tell you how it helped me. The first thing that I can point to that helped me realize that put me on the path to be able to exit this relationship is I started getting my nails done. And I started getting my nails done every two weeks it wasn't weekly i started getting my nails in every two weeks this is why this was such a big deal for me i struggled with love deprivation not knowing how to give love to myself because i was so focused on giving love to everybody else i being someone very heavily parentified um, and someone who was really praised a lot for not taking for putting myself last i was physically attractive, right? But I still had a lot of insecurities around how pretty I was or what I deserved. I had a lot of lack around um, whether or not it was frivolous or unnecessary to, to go and get my nails done. And I remember I would look at my nails and be like, just so like embarrassed because I felt like they told a story And it wasn't about what other, no one ever said anything about my nails, but when I would look at them, I would be like this, they just make me feel so low. And so I would carry around like the shame around how I felt like there was this visible sign of how I felt inside of myself. And so um, being in this relationship, the ways that I used to take care of myself, slowly over time also started to dissipate. Because I connected to someone and I partnered with someone who reflected the same amount of love that I have for myself and the same um, standards that I have for myself, they gave me exactly what I thought I was worth. No matter how much I like fought or like argued with this person or said, you know, I deserve better, or you like, know, I still I stayed there because that's what I thought I was worth. So one day. I decided, and this is after like a whole lot of like, I remember, and I can't, I can't even tell you how I got into the resources around feminine energy and stuff like that, but I got connected to it. And one of the things that those folks really teach a lot, the people who teach about feminine energy, they really talk about really investing in and in taking care of yourself. And I really pushed against that. And I pushed against that not because it's not what I is I didn't want to do it, but because... And the places that I had a lack mentality, it was easy for me to distract myself or it was easy for me to justify putting it off and doing something else instead of doing that because it was an area that just felt really sensitive to me. And I know that sounds really silly. I know that there are probably a lot of people listening who like nails are like standard or nails are not standard at all. And it just sounds really frivolous. But if you are in a relationship or if you're in a place where you're taking less than what you deserve, is not about nails. It's about what is an area that you are not taking care of yourself, that you know you want to. Is it getting mental health support? Is it going out and doing something that makes you happy? Is it you starting to draw or doing a talent or doing a hobby that is really important to you? Is there something that is connected to your self-esteem and your self-worth that you are not tapping into? And for me, it was that. That was a very visible example of me not taking care of myself. So once I started to do that, at first it was like, oh God, like I'm like wasting time here. Like this takes so long, you know, this money could be going somewhere else. And, but I had to train myself as a habit to do these things for me and not make excuses for it. And as I started to do that, my self esteem went up. Related to that, And I'm going to say this one because it's connected to the next one. And I promise y'all, this is not going to be a whole feminine energy podcast, even though I am a fan of feminine energy. I know that for some folks, it is not something that you really line up with, align with. But this is what kind of got me to being at a place where I was able to exit this relationship. So I think it's important to share. Something else that I started to do is... Like I said, I I stopped taking care of myself in this relationship because I was with someone. On one hand, it was, this is depending on your background, but this was my background. And and I know that this might not be everybody's background. But um, I came from a background or from a teaching that was like kind of made light of the fact that once you get into a committed relationship, it's easier to kind of let yourself go because that person is there. So as I saw myself start to downgrade myself, I attribute it to, oh, you're just in a committed partnership, so you're just getting, like, comfortable, like, that's what it is, and not that this person was making me feel so low by what they were doing and not doing and treating me and not treating me that I started to to not take care of myself as well. And so that's why it is very dangerous, y'all. Even if you're, even if you're in a relationship or in a partnership or a situationship, with someone who never physically harms you or calls you out your name, the impact of emotional neglect and emotional abuse is huge. At its core, and I know I've said this on the podcast before, um, emotional neglect is the only common theme. It is the only common trauma that I've seen in every single woman and and man when I was um, um, treating and coaching men as well. That is connected to these consistent relationship issues and struggles with self esteem. That here on this podcast I refer to as love addiction, love avoidance, and love deprivation. It is so demoralizing and so harmful to you. So I stopped really like dressing for myself. I, I gained a whole lot of weight. You know, was, um, that's how it manifested for me. And so around the house, I started to buy like little cute little '90s and stuff because my personal style, this is not everybody's style, but my personal style is like, it is like feminine, like classic, like that kind of style. And so I started to buy like little baby dolls and 90s for me to wear around the house that made me feel pretty. And so that also started to like slowly rebuild my self-esteem. This is connected to leaving this relationship because you need self-esteem. You need to think that you're worth something. You need to think that you are worthy of, of being attended to. And that first person that can start attending to you is yourself. And so that was me. And my goal at this time was not to exit this partnership. It was just that I felt I didn't feel good about myself and I needed to do something because everything else was not working. All the other ways that I would fill myself through like overachieving or busy work and all that other stuff, it was not helping. So starting to take care of myself in this way was what helped me, was what helped me. The So I bring this up and it kind of connects to the next one. And this is going to be a big jump, but here it is. And I promised you all I was going to tell y'all what helped me or what are some of the things that led me to getting t- getting out of this unhealthy relationship that I wasn't being taken care of well. And so my self-esteem started to pick up and I started to get more connected to what I wanted and what I needed. And so actually let me say this other one. Sorry sorry for the, the false start, but let me say this other one because the one I want to say is going to make more sense. Me increasing my self-esteem got me connected to what Help, it helped me start to think about, okay, what I want and what I need, what's going to help me feel safe, what's going to help me feel covered. And I got really clear about that, and I went to my partner, and I told him that this is what I wanted, and this is what I needed. And I really needed this to happen for me to feel like we can make it in this relationship. And I didn't say it very angrily, and I didn't say it like in an ultimatum state. I just made it. I just made the statement. And I also talked about how... And that partnership that me, that these changes being made would also benefit my partner as well. It would make a whole lot of things easier. And my partner at the time told me no. They told me no to those, those things that I was asking for. They, how did they say it? They said they weren't willing to do it. They said that what I was asking for was not fair. They said that they might have to think about it, something like that, but something that it wasn't like Something that it was dismissive. But because my self-esteem had already been rising to where I was starting to take care of myself instead of waiting or hoping for my partner to take care of some of my needs and the ways that I wanted to be seen and the ways I wanted to be validated and taken care of because I was doing that for myself instead of waiting on my partner to do it or actually kind of like not allowing him to be my only source. This time when he told me no or this time when he dismissed me, it landed different. It landed in a place I was not like, well, that's that's a committed partnership, you know, I guess that's just what happens and it takes time and people go through hard periods and you know, I'm just going to pray about it, I'm going to take it to the Lord or I'm going to go and talk about it in therapy. This time it landed with "That's not fair, or I don't like that. And it was very clear that I was like, okay. Well, now I know that this is something that I'm not willing to negotiate and wait on. So I had to wrestle with the fact that maybe this relationship wouldn't actually work out, that this relationship may end up coming to an end. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When healing from an intimacy disorder, one of the first things you have to do right after getting clear on your patterns of addictive behaviors, avoiding behaviors, and living in deprivation is clearing out the roots that caused it sharing out the experiences, the traumas, the narratives that have kept you stuck all of these years. In my signature coaching program, The Recovery School, you have the opportunity to reveal the sources of low self-worth, to learn about how old roles in your family have resulted in codependency, shutting down, and not letting others in, and also to learn how to talk to and connect to your inner child in a way that is soothing and healing. This is the next step to reframing the old stories that have plagued you for years to evolve to being a healed and loved woman when having access to the love and the relationships and self-worth that you've always wanted. Learn more and get started by going to therecoveryschool.com. Again, that is therecoveryschool.com. So the salacious one that I was kind of hedging on saying before, but I'm going to say now, that's connected to being clear with what I wanted is I stopped having sex when I didn't want to. And I know that might be a duh for some people. For me, it wasn't. For me, I use sex to fix fights. I use sex to make me feel connected when I feel really disconnected. I use sex in this relationship as a distraction. And I also was so disconnected from my own agency and my own identity that I would have sex because I was like, well, he wants sex. So I guess, I guess I'll do this. I guess I'll just do it. <laughs> Give it up, whatever you wanna say. You know, y'all, when when you really have so much trauma that disconnects you from the fact that you deserve to have needs and wants purely for your own, you will put yourself in, in places and in situations and, in emotional emotionally traumatic ways and be an agent of your own of your own trauma not knowing but you will not even recognize the damage that you're doing to yourself and you will also just again minimize it again there's so many different stories depending on whatever belief you have you will find someone who will validate whatever you're doing good or bad so for me the stories that i had in my mind that validated that was jokes around women having sex with partners when they're not in the mood and comedians who talk about their partners waking them up in the middle of the night and not even like doing any foreplay or anything. These are the messages that I had in my head that I was using to justify not being an active participant in that relationship and not being a treasured part of that relationship and my body being a resource, being something to be used versus something to be cherished. It was just one more way that I was showing up for this partner that they were taking me for granted. But here's here's why this is part of me exiting this relationship. This agency is huge, right? Reclaiming my body, reclaiming that what I have to share is important was huge. And also all the connections that happen when you have sex with someone that makes it easy for you to give them a pass. All of the ways that it hits the hormones and everything hits your neuro, your neurotransmitters, all your receptors, the oxytocin, all the bonding agents that happen when you have sex with someone, even someone that you don't like. I've said before that I know that there are many people who started a friends with benefits or a situationship with a person and somebody caught feelings, which happens. So, So that helps me stay connected to me and not connected to this fantasy, okay? That was the next, one of the next things that I did. And I, I had help. So I had been in therapy and working with folks off and on. There was a point in time that I really tried to focus on because I was committed on this partnership working. I really was trying to focus on like couples therapy and everyone watching this or listening to this knows that therapy is an investment. And many of us have to make a decision on, okay, am I going to focus financially on therapy for the family or therapy for myself or therapy as a couple? And so, so I would like go back and forth. And so when my partner didn't want to do couples therapy, I would try to do my own trauma therapy and stuff like that. But honestly, if I'm going to be honest, y'all, the time that I was in therapy, my therapist would hold space. But it really wasn't until I started to make changes on my end and start to take care of myself and my self-esteem improved and versus, and versus me lamenting about how this person didn't show up for me or what I needed or what was going on or whatever. And it wasn't until I started to get honest, about, honest with myself about what I deserved that independence or that agency, like I said before, that that started to shift. And so that connects to the next thing. That really helped me leave this unhealthy relationship. I needed to practice some honesty. And I did practice some honesty with myself about what was happening. And I had to be honest with myself and say, okay, this is what it is. Can I live the rest of my life exactly as this? That was the first part. The second part was what is going to happen to me if I stay in this relationship exactly as is. Am I going to be more depressed? Am I is my body going to continue to shut down? Am I going to die? Am I going to continue how am I going to feel continuing to be for granted in public, disrespected, dishonored, how is that going to affect me? And I had to honestly look at myself, look at myself years later and be like, this is what my trajectory is and is this what I want? And once I was able to, I feel like I had to go through all those earlier things that seemed so superficial and so, so small. For me to finally, for, for me to be able to be honest with how, how are the things that are happening actually going to affect me and how are they affecting me now? I couldn't see that before. Before all those things were happening, but I had all the excuses that y'all have already heard so far in, in my teaching today. Um, and then also I had a whole list of distractions. I could focus on my job. I could focus on my friends. I could numb out on TV. I could say things like it didn't matter. I could fight with this person. I could do everything else in the world instead of coming home to myself. And it wasn't until that happened. Coming home to myself, really, I had to deal with some stuff. So in the love deprivation rehab course, I talk about the trauma that's underneath this. So the reason we procrastinate and focus on everybody else is not just because we weren't taught it, it's because there's real trauma that's underneath what would happen whenever we did focus on ourselves. There was real punishment. Sometimes it was physical punishment when we showed up and asked for what we wanted. Sometimes it was emotional punishment and and love and support being withheld from us. Sometimes it was verbal assault. And people calling us out our names or spiritual and mental assault saying that what we felt or what we needed didn't matter and that we were silly sometimes resources and food and our needs were being held against us because well you're being ungrateful so if you don't like what i give you then you don't need anything like we learned we learned to hide and we learned to compartmentalize ourselves and so that's why People telling us to take care of ourselves or to love ourselves or whatever else, it doesn't already always apply. Because even when we know what to do subconsciously or in our nervous system, in our spirit, we have been trained and groomed that there's this automatic reflexive response that knows without us even connecting to it. That's subconscious, right? There's this reflexive inner knowing that if I do this for myself, that something bad is going to happen. So for me, getting my nails done had a direct, as silly as it sounds, Sounds it took me years into my adulthood to start to try to take care of this part of myself because I'd been trained to put myself last and take care of everybody else first. And so I had to truly, for me to do that, there were some, a lot of negative thoughts that came up for me and just doing that little bitty thing. Who do you think you are? You're not worth all that. Well, who are you trying to be? This isn't. This ain't you. People like you don't do this. Your friends can do this. Other people can do this. You're not that type of girl. Oh, you, you think you bad now. Like all of these, this script and this narrative that even without my bullies, even without my oppressors, even without any family trauma that led me to this stuff, th- those voices were in my head. Right. And so that is what stopped me from make, be, being able to make, make movement and go forward. So for those of you who've done the love deprivation rehab course or you're going to right now, it's 50 percent off because I'm, putting, I'm tucking it away in the vault. And also at the time I'm recording this, it's in the Black Friday, like Cyber Monday season. But that's why we spend time on trauma before we even get into how to take care of yourself, because until you learn how to soothe yourself, and look at these parts of yourself, it doesn't matter how many to-do lists you make, that imposter syndrome and those those feelings of low self-worth, if, lo- if love deprivation is something that you struggle with, this might not be the case for everybody who might, um, but for me it was, you are going to have every excuse to not focus on yourself. So someone said, sounds like my story. So glad I can hear you put into words what I've been feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is many people's story. And I think that's why in this current age of, again, I always give this disclaimer for feminine energy, even though I'm I'm a big fan of people who teach it ethically and teach it in a very balanced way. In this age of feminine energy, where we're all being taught to like really focus on ourselves, there's been this revolution. There's been this revolution of people who have not understood that the reason why they felt so connected to someone when they met them is not because it was this fairytale experience and now months, years later, what they're feeling is just like the seven year itch or, you know, what happens in long term partnerships is that you had this clouded vision of what you thought this personal relationship could be. And over time, you got exhausted for overcompensating for what wasn't happening. Before, you were the one bringing all this energy, bringing the benefit of the doubt, initiating things, seeing seeing the best in whatever this person was bringing, and you got tired. And you got tired because you also weren't being taken care of. It wasn't mutual. The energy you were bringing, it was just on your end, and the other person wasn't bringing it. And so now we have this wave of people who are starting to take care of themselves, and they're looking at themselves, and they're looking at themselves. For me, it was physically. And I know that's not going to be the case for everyone, but they're looking at their unmet needs and they're starting to attend to them and they're waking up and they're saying, I can do bad all by myself, right? And they're not fighting with people anymore who are seeing them as an option versus the prize or versus someone who's worthy and who's a treasure because they're starting to realize that they're the treasure on their own, right? Um, Someone said, I can relate to this. I did not realize I have trauma from emotional neglect, and it has dictated how I treat myself. Absolutely. We are, I don't want to say we're our biggest bullies, but in some ways we are. Because it wasn't ever, no one ever taught us that we were special and that we mattered. And so it's hard for us to actually believe that. We can know it. And I can't tell, I mean, there's so many of us that when we're with our girlfriends, or if we're giving motivational speeches, or if we're teaching podcasts, right? Like we are so good at reciting what it, what the truth is and what we truly want to, the truth to be. And it's also very possible that you can know it and deeply, deeply, deeply want to believe it. And there's still parts of your heart and parts of your soul and parts of your spirit that you don't know how to connect to because no one ever not only modeled you, modeled it for you, But gave me the gift of caring about those things, right? So you don't even know what it looks like for you. You might not even know what it looks like for other people if you were surrounded by other people who didn't know how to connect to themselves as well. And so once once I realized that this is not how I wanted my story to end, and I also let go of that obligation. Oh, here's one that I missed that I didn't say. But this was really huge. That helped me learn to be honest about this. Something else that helped me lead to leaving this unhealthy relationship is I started to pay attention to all of the words and things that people said before that pissed me off. But they pissed me off because they had some truth to it. And now I was at a place where I was able to kind of look at it and examine it without immediately dismissing it. So I remember I had one person who I talked to, and this was a therapist. There was a therapist who did challenge me on this but I hated the way that she said it and I hated her delivery. And and to this day, she said the right thing, but I really think that her delivery was kind of condescending and it was rude, but it was the truth. With this person, I was talking about my relationship with this person and she was like, it sounds like you love them, but I don't know if you're in love with them. And that's not how she said it. I promise y'all she said it in a different way. That was like, really like, who do you think you are? But she like said, like, it sounds like you love them, but that you're not in love with them. And what she was getting at is like the sense of obligation. I think many of us connect, whether or not you call it codependency or whatever else. I think many of us stay in relationships, friendship, romantic or family with people and we take care of them and we abandon our needs and we diminish our needs because we have learned the fine art of commitment, which is a gift, it is a skill. But we learn how to be committed to persons and situations and relationships that deplete us. They give nothing to us. And we have learned that if we leave these relationships, if we leave these partnerships, if we leave these friends behind, if we leave these family members behind, that we are abandoning them, that we are bad, that we are wrong, that we are selfish. And so what she was hitting on is my sense of love was a codependent type of love. It was a love that I belonged. mm, Belonged is a bad word. That I had to do my duty, right? I started this, I had to see it out and I wasn't gonna quit, right? And I was going to change this person's feelings as as a great people pleaser. I was going to figure out the right formula to make this work. And in the meantime, you know, I'll take care of myself. But no, um, she, she hit on that I was there out of obligation, that I cared for this person. But for me, there wasn't a lot of love there. And even if there was love there, the way that it was affecting me did not outweigh the pros and cons. It, it didn't, the, the cons did not outweigh the, the benefits, if there were even any benefits. And the benefits for being a long-term partnership is that you don't have to be physically alone. I think that's why a lot of us get caught in situationships or we will take relationships with people that do not treat us the best or treat us in the way that we deserve, because at least there's a body there. At least there is some sort, even if it's not ideal, at least there's like some semi sense of partnership or that you have someone that you're doing life with. And it's easy to get complacent with that without And now realizing that there's a cost to it. So that is how I ended up exiting that relationship. Let me know if that makes sense. If y'all have any questions. I know that um, several of you have said that that is your story. But yes, let me know if that makes sense. If you have any questions and how this has shown up for you. So, you know, I wanted to also extend this conversation too. Because I could see in the comments of those videos where I shared it. Whether or not it was on TikTok or YouTube, that this is many of your stories and that you are working through this and really trying to come to grips with it. And so the the two programs that are currently on sale are on sale for a reason because of this. So with the love deprivation, love, love deprivation rehab, there were so many different parts of myself that I didn't even know that I had needs connected to that I had to learn how to identify and then do the healthy version of that. So that's literally part of that program, identifying what the gap areas are for you. And then I share with you, this is what the healthy version of it looks like. And then for the Dating 101 course, which is also um, 50% off right now, I did not follow my own advice getting into this relationship, honestly. Um, There are a lot of things that I did not look at and that I ignored and that I try to use my own wisdom and go with my feelings with, and not listening to my intuition and my gut and what I knew to be right, especially for me as a a love addict or as a recovering love addict, allow me to make some mistakes in this relationship. And the dating plan that I did not follow is exactly what I needed to weed this person out. If I had followed that dating plan, I could have avoided a whole lot of stress (laughs) and a whole lot of heartbreak. Someone says 36, he was 50, felt like my father, always arguing, but at least I wasn't alone. Absolutely, this stuff, when I tell you this stuff is so familiar. It is miserable, but it's familiar. So for this person that shared, they weren't alone, but she knew how to fight with her father. That type of cycle and back and forth, you know what to expect. And in some ways, weirdly it is comfortable. It's miserable, but it's also it because it's so familiar, it's also comfortable too. And you can kind of roll with the punches, right? Even though it's slowly like chipping away at you. So I just wanted to share this. I wanted y'all to see an actual example of what this may look like practically, even with like silly things and what it looked like for me to end this and leave this unhealthy relationship. I hope that if there's any part of this that you needed to hear for yourself, whether or not it's being honest with yourself or whether or not you struggle with physical a physical version of love deprivation like I did, but not taking care of yourself and starting to take care of yourself again. Whether or not it's reclaiming your body and knowing that what you have to give and what you have to share is important. And if there's any advice that you've been discounting from people that you are like, they don't understand us, they don't understand me, they don't understand our relationship, that maybe if now is the right time for you to give that another go round, then maybe you can do that. Okay, for those of you who would like to take that next step to work on your love deprivation or to date in a way that you avoid being in these types of relationships, that 50% scholarship is available for those two courses before they go away. The love deprivation rehab, you can find by going to blackgirlsheal.org deprivation. And um, the dating course is blackgirlsheal.org dating. And the code is scholarship50. And that will be out through tomorrow november 28th but since i'm going to use this live for the podcast episode tomorrow or today if you're listening to this (laughs) today i will go ahead and extend the coupon code through wednesday and then i'm going to archive it after that so the 29th of november okay so that's it y'all thanks for joining me i hope that this was helpful and i will see you in our next live bye